Yeah, I feel like that's a security measure is what I feel like that is. Yeah. Three, two, Put your dick away. One. <laughs> and we're off to an amazing start. Are we clapping again or not? Yeah, we, we probably should. Three, two, one. All of you files. Perfection. (laughs) And my dick is put away, in case you were wondering. I hope that the other piece that we said before is not in for context, so it's just you starting by saying that. Oh, you know I'm going to throw it in there before, you know, the theme music starts, because that's how I fucking roll, right? Well, in, uh. in case you are wondering, I'm not sure if Dick, uh, if Dick's <laughs> Nick is in his pants. Wait, what? For fuck's sake. <laughs> I give, I'm done. I want to know what the actual weirdest and new cool. I'm Kitsy Duncan. (laughs) What was the actual sentence you were trying to say? Because I heard Dick and Nick's pants. So what was the sentence? I'm I'm not sure if Nick's dick is in his pants. Okay. (laughs) Sometimes I'm not sure either. Yeah. Well, that's why we do the Zoom and are not in person. I don't know. I don't trust you, sir. Where where is this podcast going? I don't know. It can't go anywhere unless it starts. Yeah. Oh, hey, by the way, you guys are listening to Oddity Files, the podcast. I'm Kitsy Duncan. And I'm Nick Floyd, unfortunately. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. Allergy season is upon us, and I'm over it. Yep, same. Uh, I feel like... You know, I, I'm I'm mad at people who make meth and stuff <laughs> because I feel like we could get a higher dose of over-the-counter allergy medication if people just stopped illegally. Well, I mean, just making meth in general, I guess. I was going to say illegally you know, making meth, but I don't think it's legal anyway. <laughs> no, I hope not. I'm not uh, sure. I never watched that show with the teacher who made the meth, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I am coming off like six days in the camper and it was good i actually took the weekend off i don't do that i don't know if you guys know this about me but i am a working a workaholic (sighs) a working workaholic is that even a word yep um if i've got shit to edit i'm editing as often as i can um, I think Nick can relate. He just gets paid for his job. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of that, today, on June 12th, which is the day this podcast is released, Paranormal Crossroad is launching their Kickstarter. Guys, we're doing it. Mm-hmm. We're going to be on network TV here in Indianapolis. WND, I'm probably not supposed to say what station, so I'm going to stop that right there. But yes, we're going to launch in July, I think it is. So this Kickstarter is to help us get on air and live my goddamn dream on uh, local TV. So hit us up. Go to PXRoad.com. The Kickstarter's there. We've got some fun incentives 
And my advice to you is please help. Please, please help my dreams come true. So there, I've begged for your money. And um, now we're recording this a week in advance. And this week, KJ and I are going to do some snarky little fun little videos for all the socials that have to do with Paranormal X Road and all the stuff and all the things. Heck yeah. That's super exciting. I feel like all your stretch goals should be like, great, now we're funded. So every additional uh, benchmark that we hit is the time slot that we're going to get. So like you're going to air at midnight and the, the more money that you make, the earlier, 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 fuck, the earlier you're going to get to air. So every new stretch goal is like, okay, t midnight to 10 p.m., 10 p.m., get, get us to like eight. <laughs> well, midnight's the only time slot that's open right now. So we're going there. It's it's perfect for what we do. And I am ridiculously excited about it. So I am you I I can't even this is, KJ has been such an influx in my life in the best way possible, motivating me, coming up with new goals to reach, and here we are. So um, I've got a couple things I want to go over. I know Nick's got super exciting Nashville weird updates, and I cannot shit. wait to hear it. Um, we did release a new Paranormal Crossroads. It's part two to the Athenaeum investigation that came out at the end of the month. And it's, you know, it's got that true crime vibe that I live for. I believe we solved a murder from the murder victim herself. And... You know, Dr. Kanabe, we spoke about it um, oh, yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, she actually told us who murdered her. She told us if there's a heaven and a hell and why she's at the Athenaeum. So oh, it's, it's a really good one. Definitely check it. Nick makes an appearance as I'm telling my Dr. Kanabe story on the podcast so I could fill in all the information that I didn't while we were investigating. Um, but yeah, I had to uh, Paranormal Crossroad. You can spell out Crossroad because KJ is the queen of URLs. ParanormalCrossroad.com and you can watch that. Um, I did have to cancel my appearance at the lockdown in the precinct in Detroit. Just found out a couple days ago that we have three shows for the day job that weekend that I cannot, cannot get out of. I need to feed my dogs. No. I mean, yeah, I get a great discount on Chewy with tinyurl.com slash OFChewy, but I still need to feed them. This is a great plug. Uh, also, <laughs> did any of us fucking know that we would be flying back out to things again? Like... Did like did any of us really think conventions and stuff <clears throat> were gonna start like now? It, I mean, I was like maybe July, but it's just like the doors have opened, everything yep. is fine. Fuck a vaccination, go rage and have a good time. <laughs> like what? apparently so. This bitch is vaccinated, stuck twice, <laughs> and I, I still wear my mask. Because I don't want to look like an anti-masker, which we talked about last week. And I may have edited it out because there was a lot of mask talk last week that y'all did not hear. Um, Mercury retrograde is still in full swing. I'm feeling it off mm -hmm. and on. How about you, Nick? Yep. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yep. Yep. And then last night, we slept on the camper. On top I'm of it? I'm still... 
What? Sorry. I said on top of it. <laughs> Did I say on? Um, oh, yeah. In the camper, on the camper, same thing. And it was, it was, like I said, we had a blast. It was super relaxing. But last night, I'm laying there. I'm, I'm laying on my back, and I remember every second of this going down. And I'm usually a side sleeper. I mean, I'm legit in the fetal position, my my hands up under my chin with the blanket between my chin and my hands so I don't break out because <laughs> I have acne issues. I'm finally getting over at the age of 50. And I felt... On one side of my body, the side of my body that was not next to Chris, a hand on my arm and a hand on my leg, almost like a pat down was boom, boom. The hands felt small and I'm going and it woke me up and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? And then I feel it on the other side in the exact same spots. Boom, boom. Two tiny hands patting me down in my sleep. There were no children on my camper. My dogs are kennel trained and sleep in the kennel at night. I don't know what the fuck it was and didn't fall back asleep for hours going, the fuck just happened? Hmm. I wasn't home. So I, you know, we all know my house is haunted-ish. So I, I have no idea what it could have been. I mean, spirits can follow you, so... True. Maybe, just maybe. Maybe, but they've never done that at home. Um, I I don't know. And at first, I'm like, God, did a raccoon get in the camper? And it brought me back to, like, there. I think I was in middle school. I had a hamster. Poor thing. Died of starvation at one point. But, and I remember... It waking me up one night as it ran across my face. So it brought me back to like the whole animal thing. I mean, way bigger than hamster hands. So maybe, I don't, I, I just don't know. And I'm I'm still freaked out about it. I'm, I'm rarely touched unless I'm in a haunted location. Um, at home, never. So, yeah. It's, that's interesting. I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, and you were on a campground or at a campground? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're pretty much, uh, I don't even know what it's called. We're there 365. Yeah. Unless we're off somewhere, this is where we keep our camper. And we're getting fiber internet there. Can't get it at home, but the campground has fiber. Oh, yeah. I'd live there. Moving in. Done. Tiny home. Get a, get a, what are those called? A, A shipping container. Cut a hole in it, boom. Put some exactly. lamps in there. Give me that fiber. I'm wondering so, yeah. if it's like, I don't know, maybe if you, it was just your energy that attracted them. Maybe they were, you know, if it is if it is not an animal or anything of the, of the like, if it is spiritual, maybe it was something that's kind of been watching you for a while and, and uh, felt comfortable enough to make contact. Maybe. I didn't hear anything. Now, I do sleep with earplugs because my husband is a snorer. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. Tweet it a bitch. Add Kitsy Duncan. Let me know what you think. <laughs> need t-shirt oh that God. says tweet at a bitch. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> oh, my good Lord. So, Nicholas, tell me all about Weird Nashville. Uh, I can't wait. You texted me yesterday, and I've been, like, on the edge of my seat ever since. 
Yeah, so one thing I think is very important to note about me personally that not many people know except for my significant other uh, and my family, I, over certain things, can get uh, unhealthily obsessive. That's not, why we get along so well. <laughs> not like over people. Like, I'm not someone who, like, yes, I love Ryan Gosling, but I'm not going to try to, like, hunt him down unless it's for the sake of comedy. But I'm just like that. It's 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 things that don't matter are the things I obsess over. So, like, movies, music, um, even music is kind of something. But a lot of the stuff I obsess over is, like, weird shit. So this Mysterious Nashville thing has been... I. I haven't been involved until last last week when I talked on the podcast about getting the tattoo, being downtown, going to the museum, and actually like participating for the first time. And I had a feeling the moment that I would, the obsessiveness was going to hit. Uh, we are the same person. Yeah. And <laughs> and it did. Uh, last episode when, when we spoke, I the, the following day I decided, okay... I want to talk to people about this. There's got to be people who are doing this. Uh, I'm going to make a Discord. And so I made a Discord, which for people who listen to the podcast don't know what Discord is. It's like Slack, but it's oh. used a lot for like Twitch streamers, gamers, people on Reddit. It's just a free space where you can chat about things in a, a chat room environment that's pretty easy to use. You can audio chat, video chat. And so I made the Discord put it on their social, put it on my story. Like I, I commented on the Instagram, found the, their secret YouTube page, put it in their community thread. And we started with 10 people Wednesday night. As of today, when we're recording, we just hit a hundred people, oh, shit. Uh, which is wild. Uh, the mysterious Nashville knows about it to the point where they're sending people to it. Oh, really? <laughs> which is pretty insane. Uh, yeah. If you actually, if you follow Mysterious Nashville on Instagram, they have a, a highlight in their story currently, and it's their only highlight that they've shared, and it is a message they shared about the Discord that I've created with these, with this community of people. So, it's, my obsessiveness led me here, and for the first time living in Nashville, I feel like I have a community of weirdos like me who just want to yes. have fun and like, none of us know what this is, but we're all like, today, for example, someone won a prize from the museum, and they sent coordinates to the win the five winners who were the first to solve the puzzle last podcast when I talked about this, and it was it was a young woman, and she was nervous to go because the, the coordinates were in the middle of the woods. She's like, I oh. can't do it. So four strangers from this Discord were like, I'll go with you. And that's even more terrifying to me. But it, but it was like, it was so magical and amazing because yes. like, we're all just like, we're just these like, we just love it. And um, they all met and they live streamed meeting up in the Discord Aww. this morning at 1130. And they went and got the, the prize together. And it was like six of them. And it was, so, it was so cool. So uh, anyway, we had a puzzle last weekend. It was a long weekend. It was Memorial Day weekend. And uh, they sent out a puzzle on Saturday. The puzzle was solved very quickly because everyone is just ravenous in the Discord. It's incredible how smart and, and willing to work together these people are. It was a puzzle that we had to solve this riddle about the statue at the Parthenon in Nashville. 
we solved it. It led us to uh, a secret web page within their website that then led us to a fake phone number. The phone number belongs to some game that exists. It was like a dead end, and it was fun, but uh, it was it was something that existed outside of this game. Yeah. It was just a distraction. And then it led us to a, a basically a paywall page. It's like, you have two options. You pay us $0.00. You, you lose nothing, we gain nothing, and you see where this goes. Or, option two, you pay $4.99, we gain your money, you lose money, and you see where it goes. Uh, and, and then you could also pay more. So I paid $15 because I'm like, it's like going to the movies, right? Like, yeah, I haven't been in the movies in a long time. I'm, I'm not binge-watching Netflix. Uh, I've lost a little bit of sleep over this <laughs> because of the obsessiveness, but I'm having a good time and I'm I'm interacting with the community and everyone's just so wonderful that I'm like $15 done. That's fine. Yes. Sunday was just sort of like a, a, a solved day. They were sort of talking through some stuff with us and Monday they post on their Instagram about wearing white hats all of us are like, what? They're like, we wear white hats. That's how you, how you can find out. Like that, it was it was very strange, and so I DM'd them, and I was like, white hats. Is this an identifier? Were were we supposed to build a community? And are you gathering us somewhere? And they just like it's a cult. Both. It's a cult. It's a cult. Some, I'm concerned. <laughs> some people have said there was. I mean, it's this is like Middle Tennessee. <laughs> it's very conservative. There were some murmurings on the interwebs that that uh, this reminds people of, but it's it's very clear. It's it's a game. It's fun. Right. There's enough like art and design behind it. But uh, but yeah, they, they they liked my DM. So we're all thinking we're gonna get an invitation this weekend to meet at this undisclosed location with white hats on, and we don't know what's gonna happen. So okay, the. My obsessive concern and OCD, please bring a taser or something just in case they try to kidnap you. There's so um, many of us, though. Like, we have, you know, we have a hundred and, I, you know, I've made everyone drop their Instagram handles. So, like, you're, you have a username in Discord, but I have a channel that I'm like, guys, if we're going to meet up. Uh, you know, drop your Instagram handle on this channel so people can do their own research and assess whether they feel safe and comfortable meeting up with you okay. in a group or whatever. But everyone seems like genuinely good people. Everyone has like chatted and these people seem like I've had a couple conversations with them via DM where they've still been like cryptically speaking to me, but they have sent like some hearts and because I've I thanked them. I was like, hey, I don't know who you are, what this is, but thank you for putting it together because after being isolated for 15 months, this is a really cool way to connect to the, com yeah. to the community. So yeah, so we we don't know. Um, some of us think that it's marketing for like a dark dining experience in Nashville. Um, some of us think it might be like a speakeasy. It might just be somebody who's bored. It might just be, it literally might be like someone who who is a group of people who are into like gaming and design and they've put, they've, they had time to put something together. The thing for me is that so far there's no story. There's no plot. The only thing is that we know is that they, the, the experience is called mysterious Nashville 
and they keep using the term odd things, capital O, capital T. Okay. So that's why a lot of us have kind of come to some form of like agreement that we think that whatever this is for, whether it's a bar, dark dining experience, that it's going to be called odd things. Okay. Look at them macking our name. Yeah. Kind that's of. what. Well, that's the thing. People in the Discord are like, because I dropped my Instagram handle, and they're like, oh, well, you're on a podcast called Oddity Files, so maybe you're behind this whole thing. And I'm like, I promise you, I'm not, but you should listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're your people. <laughs> We're your people. But yeah, so I, as far as like an update goes, I don't really have one. There's a part of me that's losing f- my, my obsessiveness. Uh, is losing faith a little bit because again there's no plot there's no story there's really not been any forward momentum even these prizes that these people are winning which we're having the winners post what they are there's no significance it seems like thrift shop finds and we just there again it's like the lack of forward momentum so what i'm hoping is everything leading up to whatever's going to happen this weekend was just testing the waters, getting people to build a community, getting people interested. Because at the end of the day, if I were doing something like this, I would want people to talk to each other because the gaps in between when you're not doing things, people will say, well, fuck it. I'm going to go find something else to do. That's how we are as a society these days with social media and, and being able to binge stuff that all it takes is one week of nothing happening. And the people who were interested before are like, done and now you're competing with everything opening up again so people are gonna be like now you're you were last week's news don't give a shit anymore yeah so that's what i would do personally and so i i I feel like whatever this gap this white hat gathering is um i think it's going to be the first real like hard start to whatever the story is for this thing um that's so cool yeah, so I will have an update next week on the podcast. I'm going to try to make them weekly that I'll give Perfect. quick quick rundowns, and they won't be as long as this, but a lot happened. Uh, so. Well, yeah, and I love that you've built the – so Discord is kind of like a Facebook group, right? Kind of, sort of? It's all it is, but it's off-platform. So it's great for me because right. like, I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook. I am off on an app on my computer where I'm just – talking to to so many people and what's so cool is there are as far as like percentage of of genders there are more like like she's and they's than there are he's and him's which is really amazing yeah um the amount of trust that has been built amongst the group and and that that to me i'm like this is really freaking cool you know it's just such a, a a unique and fascinating group of people yeah, and, and and listener, like you guys, we have people out of state. We have people out of the country who are in the Discord who are just watching. Oh, fun. And following along. So one uh, one guy who has helped a lot with solving puzzles, He's a, he runs a, a news website called ARGN, which is argnetwork.com. And he's just in the Discord to help solve puzzles because he thinks it's fun. Oh, that's awesome. So the link is in my bio on, on my Instagram. So if you want to hop in, it's public. So like jump in, follow along. It's not too chaotic. Um, and it's just people talking about the mystery of what this is. We never really v- v- like stray. We're, we're very on topic. <laughs> I love it. It's so anyway, And I love that you love it. And you're making friends after the pandemic. I'm so excited for you. Yeah, it, it's... 
it's Nashville. I'm I'm happy to be here. It's been a fun six plus years, but the lack of community of shit that like I'm personally interested in the art community here is, is very non-existent and outside of the art community, like weird art, I get along really well with musicians, but the music community here is very cutthroat because everyone thinks that everyone is out to take their spotlight from them. Right. Right. I mean, that makes complete sense. Yeah, it does. It's just an unhealthy way to live. So I haven't really embedded myself in any sort of communities here. Um, even like the, the film community here is just very, um, it's just weird and not uh, inclusive, which... Oh, that's the worst. It's just not fun because art is collaborative, whether it's music, film, painting, uh, immersive experiences, whatever. So this is the first time in over six years I've lived here where I'm like, I feel welcome into a community. So it's very yeah. cool. Well, and you kind of created part of it too, which is super exciting. I just selfishly want to have people to talk about it with. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. That's it. That's amazing. No more That's weird amazing. looks. So, Yeah. Guys, don't forget, you can earn 50 cents from Nick if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, <laughs> um, the first 50 people, 50 cents. That's how much you may or may not receive from Nick. Did I should it, probably throw this over to Jess. I can't remember if it was 50 cents or a dollar. I, I I forgot about it till I was editing that podcast today. I was like, oh, shit, Nick was offering cash. Was Did I say 50 cents? <laughs> um. Oh, I think you said a dollar, yeah, and then I, at some point it turned into 50 cents. Well, fuck it. I'll double down and do 50 more, so you get a whole crisp dollar. Okay. <laughs> That's I... where he's standing, people. <laughs> Asterisk, one dollar. <laughs> Jess, tell us what the fuck is going on with this energy. I'm just saying. Tell me why little hands are touching me while I'm sleeping. <laughs> Hey there, oddballs. It's Jess from Misfortune Astrology here with your weekly energy forecast. Mars is moving into Leo today, which should bring some relief to those of us who've been feeling less than motivated lately. Granted, we've been in an eclipse window for the past two weeks, plus Mercury has been retrograde. So things have been really fuzzy and forward motion has not been easy to come by. But having Mars in Cancer for the past six weeks really hasn't helped that situation. Cancer is a sign that is completely passive aggressive and Mars likes his aggression to be straightforward. So his move into Leo will see his energy back on track in that regard. Mars in Leo is proud, dramatic, sexy, and full of charisma. He demands attention, and the urge to live life to the fullest will most certainly be felt while he's here. The only things to watch for are quickness to anger and petulance. Leo's a fire sign, and all fire signs are passionate. They feel their feelings in a go big or go home way all the time. This includes anger, so Mars and Leo can see us sweating the small stuff more than usual. Leo's also a very childlike sign, representing adolescence. Big, fat, Kardashian-like tantrums are more than likely now, which is not a good look on anyone. Mars is here until he leaves for Virgo on July 29th. On Sunday the 13th, Venus forms a sextile to Uranus in Taurus from her spot at 13 degrees of Cancer. And the Gemini Sun squares Neptune at 23 degrees of Pisces. This is sure to be a dynamic day. Venus-Uranus sextile is a stimulating aspect that will have you wanting more fun and excitement in your life. This energy is great for socializing, creativity, and can also seriously benefit your love life. You may even experience a financial windfall with this combo. The Sun-Neptune square is a little less fun. 
This one tears down our vitality, which can look a bunch of different ways. Maybe you can't motivate yourself to get anything done, or you might actually get sick. Psychological issues aren't uncommon with this energy. It's been known to induce malaise, disappointment, guilt, insecurity, and gullibility. If you're involved in any business dealings today, make sure that you keep those dealings above board. A strong and harsh Neptune is an energetic playground for predatory types. The last aspect we have for the whole rest of next week is our second Saturn-Uranus square. This square is the signature aspect of 2021 and will have perfected three times when all is said and done. We got the first dose on February 17th and the last one will come on December 24th. The one I'm talking about now perfects on Monday the 14th with Saturn retrograde at 13 degrees of Aquarius and Uranus in direct motion at 13 degrees of Taurus. The overall theme of this aspect is what stays and what goes. Uranus in Taurus is shaking loose all of the things that make us feel safe but no longer serve our highest and greatest good. Saturn in Aquarius is making sure that we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater by preserving useful traditions and shoring up the foundations of any progress we've already made. These guys are at serious odds with each other, and in fixed signs, neither one will back down. The square can be seen playing out in the meme stock saga. Remember when GameStop was over $300 a share back in February? Well, as of the time of this writing, it's reaching a daily high of $344 a share. Even AMC is trading over $50 a share today. So if you miss this run-up, there's almost certainly going to be a third act come December. If you're interested in what the stars have to say for you, please check out my website at misfortuneastrology.com. I offer many different types of tarot and astrology readings, and you can also help support my small business by checking out my shop, where I sell handmade crystal jewelry, candles, and lots of other cool merch. For daily horoscopes and plenty of inappropriate humor, come find me on social media at misfortune1111. Ciao for now. Oh, well. Thank you, Jess. You're amazing. <clears throat> We appreciate you, and I have cut Nick off again as he's trying to say something. I'm so sorry. No, I don't know. I don't know anything anymore. <laughs> I've said too much. <laughs> I do have... It's it's not really paranormal in the news, but it's fucking scary. Okay. The headline from businessinsider.com reads, A rogue killer drone hunted down a human target without being instructed to <laughs> UN report says fucking terrifying it's only a matter of time sick i'm yeah. ready i got my baseball lethal, bat ready yeah a lethal weaponized drone hunted down a human target without being told to likely for the first time according to a UN report seen by the new scientist which i'm assuming is a magazine or a website or something in the march 2020 incident a Cargo 2 quadcopter uh, autonomously, big words, attacked a person <laughs> during a conflict between Libyan government forces and a breakaway military faction led by the Libyan National Army's Kalfa Haftar, said the Daily Star. <laughs> The Turkish-built Kargu-2, a deadly attack drone designed for asymmetric warfare and anti-terrorist operations, targeted one of Haftar's soldiers while he tried to retreat, according to the paper. 
Oh, it was a newspaper. The lethal autonomous weapons system were programmed to attack targets without requiring data connectivity between the operator and the munition. In effect, a true fire, forget, and find capability. The report from the UN Security Council panel of experts on Libya said. This is likely the first time drones have attacked humans without instructions to do so. Zach Callenborn, a national security consultant who specializes in unmanned systems and drones, confirmed in the report. He has concerns about the future of <laughs> autonomous drones. Well, <laughs> yeah. Are you, Are you me? fucking kidding me? He, this person went to school? This person is educated? This person has a degree? For fuck's sake. You can't tell me that you, as a scientist, technology guru, whatever you are, sit here, you, you go to work, and then you go home and you have a conversation with your partner. And as you're in the middle of this conversation, you say, seriously? And your phone goes, boop, boop. How can I help you? Because the phones are too fucking stupid to know that you didn't say Siri, you said seriously, and you're concerned for the future of autonomous beings that they're going to just kill on because they <laughs> they malfunction? Get out of here. Like, what? Yeah, and in, in summation, I'll just read the last paragraph. It says, Human Rights Watch has called for an end to so-called killer robots. You think? And is campaigning, campaigning for a preemptive ban on the development, production, and use of fully autonomous weapons. Duh. I, I mean, we all saw the Will Smith movie. Am I right? <laughs> I There are two types of concerns, okay? This one, which is like... Only you, two? Well, I mean, as far as like paths go, we're splitting off. You're talking that you're concerned that a... A weapon powered by technology, solely powered by technology, is the thing that concerns you. It is a weapon. If your weapon malfunctions, your weapon becomes even more of a lethal weapon. If that concerns you, maybe you should reassess your priorities. The thing that concerns me is when the fucking robot from like two years ago was like started crying. This oh, robot was just like, <laughs> like I'm just like done. Nope, I'm out. Kill it. <laughs> no to AI. That's all. Yeah, that this scares. Is, that's me. all, folks. Yeah, it's terrifying. If if you have a a machine that is programmed to do three things, it was like hunt, something, something, kill, or whatever. Three things, and all three of those things are hostile things. And then you have this like this human-looking robot lady who almost has kind yet dead eyes, and she's smiling one second and then starts sobbing the next second. I'm terrified. <laughs> That's the name of this episode. Kind yet dead eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, I don't know. Every single, the, the, the longer that I live on this earth, the more I question, like, did people everything everything but the people just skip like street smarts and just go straight to like just basic textbook intellect like when did we start skipping over that part of life that you just learn how to assess logic it happened in the mid 90s i got out right before it <laughs> 
It's when they stop dishing that out in the birthing canal. They're like, no, we no need for street smarts anymore or manners. Um, I just yeah, don't that's understand. I don't understand. I, don't I, I it's a, it's unfortunate, and for the poor soul who was assassinated by uh, uh, a robotic killing machine, I sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, uh, am sorry that that ha- that happened. Yes. But there's no but to that. Well, I mean, there is. But correct. Don't just. But who thought this was a good idea? Really. Has nobody seen any movie ever with artificial intelligence? It never ends well. Yeah. It never ends happily ever after. No, those ever. Little, like those robot dogs that are patrolling like Central Park. I keep imagining that video, that viral video, that kangaroo that like kicks that guy. That the kangaroo is just sitting there, and the kangaroo just goes bam. Like if that fucking robot dog is just like trouncing around Central Park. And some guy, is this real? Yeah, you can. It's the it's the um, uh, the Boston was it Boston mechanics or whatever. I can't, but yeah, it's it's like a patrol dog, and it's just like this oh. robot dog. And I imagine this dog, like plopping up and just going like bam and just killing somebody with its front paws. <laughs> bam. <laughs> I mean, if you Hell see yeah. him, it's just like hop up, insta kill, like. And then just, like, run away off to the next person. Same thing. Rears up. Bam! (laughs) It wouldn't run. It would just, like, tromps away. It, like, hops like a horse. You got to find a video of it. I have to. I have to. And this is in Central Park? Yeah, I think that's where they put them out was, like, Central Park, uh, New York is where they they have them. Is it sanctioned by the police? Yes. Boston Dynamics is the name, by the way, of of the tech company. It's terrifying to me. Yeah, it kind I mean, of is. And then you disguise it as a cute little fucking puppy? That's just wrong. Yeah, now we're all going to get killed by machines one day. And it's apparently happening happening sooner rather than later. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just had to share the awful news with the rest of you. Because this is... It's no longer is it, oh, yeah, when we get robots, they're fucking here, people. Yeah. Hide in your house. Fuck. I, the pandemic's over. I don't care. I'm still not leaving my house. I got Alexa to talk to me here. At least she doesn't have arms <laughs> or a gun. But she has a brain. And she knows she, everything about you. She does, but she didn't turn on this time. And I literally said her name out loud. So I'm even more concerned now. Yeah. Great. Strike one. Yeah, she's going to grow arms overnight. That's who was touching me in bed. <laughs> Holy Kitsy, shit. wake up. It's your alarm. What? Okay. <laughs> Tell me a story, Nick. Oh, oh shit. Is it my turn? Uh, yeah. Well, fantastic. I knew. It's amazing. It happened so Do fast. Do you have big dreams and think you'd love to run your own business? You might see a need in your community or the world that you think you can help fill. Or maybe you just really crave the freedom to work from when and where you want. I'm Jackie Pretzman, and I help women to create businesses they love. I've partnered with Oddity Files to bring you details about Dream Business Bootcamp, my online course to kickstart your business in six weeks. In the course, we cover everything from getting clear on your business idea to creating and pricing your first offering, getting your business online, and then actually attracting ideal customers who want to pay you for what you do. 
Now, Dream Business Bootcamp is opening for enrollment this month, and Kitsy has something special to share just for Oddity Files listeners. She's right, guys. I do. Here's your special link for Jackie's Dream Business Bootcamp. Go to tinyurl.com slash dreambusinessbootcamp today. Thanks, Jackie. Are you looking for that next great read? Well, I've got you because I wrote it. Head on over to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com and order yourself a copy of my book, I'd Rather Talk to Dead People, where I tell you the ins and the outs of my paranormal journey thus far. If you've watched the TV show Oddity Files on Amazon Prime or YouTube, this is the perfect companion piece to give you an inside look on what was going on inside my head during my most prominent investigations to date. Again, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Just search I'd Rather Talk to Dead People by Kitsy Duncan. Thank you. Okay, you may have heard or may not have heard, but our newest podcast partner is freaking Chewy, guys. I know, we we talk about our pets all the time, and we kind of love our pets a little too much, just like you guys. But we're always looking for ways to save money in these current financial times. Chewy's it. Type in tinyurl.com slash OFChewy. You help support the podcast. I personally get both our dog's food and our dog's treats and a couple other things sent on a monthly basis directly from Chewy with their subscription service. So please check it out. Please help us out by subscribing to all of your Chewy goods at tinyurl.com slash OF Chewy. My dogs will thank you. Find out why people are calling Paranormal Crossroads a great spiritual journey or groundbreaking heartfelt funny. This new series is absolutely amazing. Just head to tinyurl.com slash paranormal X road. That's the letter X. This all-female paranormal team, including myself, Kitsy Duncan, KJ, and spirit medium, Tiffany Rice, go where no paranormal show has gone before. We head to people's homes and places of work where they're dealing with a haunting of any kind. Nine times out of ten, there's happy tears, there's laughter, This is the paranormal show you've been waiting for. We're adding new episodes monthly, and this is a show you don't want to miss. No screaming, no demons, all the love, light, peace, and positivity, and bringing family members closure. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash paranormalxroad. That's X as in the letter X. So I made a promise last week on the podcast. You told a story very briefly about um, the Aryan, the Aryan people who have come in contact with so and so in this experience. The the seven foot tall, blonde, beautiful Thor like men. Um, 
so this story is not what I remembered it being, but oh, is very spe- is the story that I was talking about last week when I said about this pilot. So this is the story. Uh, I got more than I bargained for of this because uh, the ending sort of was this very weird like <laughs> awakening for me as far as some shit that's happening in society right now. So uh, oh, but I don't want to give away the ending. So okay. Uh, All right, so let's hop in that DeLorean and travel back between the time of the Great Depression and World War II as Admiral Richard E. Byrd of the United States Navy pioneered further exploration of the North and South Poles. After a multitude of trips to the Arctic territories, there is one Byrd narrative that sticks out more than the rest. His record-setting flight over the North Pole. According to an alleged diary entry written during his polar flight, Bird came across a warm, lush climate with mammoth-like creatures and an ancient human race that had been residing within the Earth. Well, this escalated quickly. I wasn't, I'm trying to figure out if Bird is a man or an actual bird, and then all of a sudden there's... Okay, bring it. He could be whatever you want him to be. His plane was commandeered midair and landed for him by people in the center of the earth who intercepted his plane with saucer-shaped aircrafts. Upon landing, he was met by emissaries of a civilization many assume to be the mythical Agartha. These alleged Agarthans, particularly one who Bird called the Master, expressed their concern about humanity's use of atomic bombs during World War II and employed Byrd as their ambassador to the re- to return to the United States government and relay their sentiment. Oh, he's special. He is. They, he's the chosen one. Literally. Literally, yes. The striking issue regarding the validity of, the, of this diary entry is that it is dated February 1947. If it is to be believed the story covers Byrd's inaugural flight over the North Pole, then one need only look at the actual date when he achieved this feat more than 20 years earlier on May 9th, 1926. In fact, upon further inspection, it appears Byrd probably didn't quite reach the North Pole and instead fabricated his navigation records, poaching credit from another team that actually set the record a few days later. Oh, this motherfucker. Yeah. But what makes his uh, entry so intriguing is that if it's real, could it have potentially been misconstrued from a later mission to Antarctica? Is it actually referring to the notorious Operation High Jump? So, High Jump was one of the largest operations ever conducted in Antarctica with over 4,000 men sent to study, map, and reside on the continent for eight years. Months. Oh shit! It's a long poor gentleman. Yeah, the expedition included thirteen Navy support ships, an aircraft carrier, helicopters, flying boats, and an array of more traditional aircraft. This expedition, as well as a subsequent Operation Deep Freeze eight years later, established an American military presence on Antarctica, which is prohibited today. So, why exactly was there such a rush to facilitate this occupation? Bird later told a reporter for the Chilean newspaper El Mercurio that his expedition taught him the U.S. should, quote, 
prepare for the possibility of hostile planes coming from the polar regions as a part of a, quote, recapitulation of his own polar experience. Many took this to be evidence of the flying craft he saw coming from what is believed to have been Agartha. Oh, shit. And there, the story goes on and on about the, the uh, actually the Nazis and, and Hitler doing a lot of experiments specifically. And that some said uh, that they were, they, they had been doing experiments working to get to Agartha. Uh, and a lot of the maps that exist of Agartha were drawn by German scientists uh, from that time, from, from World War II. And they wanted to be the first to Agartha and thought that because of their Aryan the, the race and that they were superior, that they would be welcomed with open arms into Agartha. Uh, and uh, allegedly they were not, which is why oh. they never... Uh, made it a made it to agartha and b uh were allowed to colonize in agartha because these beings said no you we're here you're not you're not welcome bye-bye this is so much it's it's a lot but uh it's not as much as this final piece that i'm going to tell you that might ruin your day great (laughs) so and everyone who's listening so could bird have been on to something back in the 40s when this diary was written. And yes, the diary is available. You can read his entries. They go into great detail of the master, of the Agarthans, of Agartha in general. Uh, But this presence of UFOs in modern society right now, the society we're living in, everything that's about to become undisclosed, uh, seem to come conveniently at a time when we, as a civilization are at war with one another. So could it be that these mysterious crafts seen by our own Navy and Air Force are not from another Earth, but from within our own? Only like the 60 Minutes guy said. We, hey, only time will tell. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, they don't like Nazis, so they can't be terrible human beings. Um. Now, has anyone else claimed to have gone to them since the Nazis that we know of? Um, I'm not 100% sure. I believe there was something later. So essentially, this is this is hollow earth theory. Um, it, it's, it's hollow earth with a little bit more fantasy to it, but this is actually, there are documents. Uh, it's said that the government basically hid the diary. Uh, the diary surfaced and then disappeared again, but not before people could look in it. To take things from it, all this stuff. So, um, maybe people are still trying to get to this place. Maybe they're hiding themselves better. Maybe the government's already in contact with the folks of Agartha. Um, and as I was reading this, I realized that a lot of these videos that have been surfacing, that have been captured on uh, naval and air force cameras, they're not going up. They're either going across. Or they're going down. And that makes me think that maybe, just maybe, uh, it's coming from somewhere else. Well, yeah, I've I've read some things that they're going into the ocean Mm -hmm. as well. Oh, hey there, don't you know, all of a sudden I just became a Wisconsinite. (laughs) You did. Um, But, I mean, 
dude, it kind of makes sense. It's it's very fascinating. Um, one specific piece. Let's see if I can find it. There are multiple. The, the master said that there are multiple entry points to Agartha, and that is Tibet, the Great Pyramid of Giza, and the North Pole, all of which have tunnels leading directly to Agartha. Wow. So. Uh, Mind blown. Very interesting. Again, it's not necessarily hollow earth theory, but it is indeed a civilization that is to be, is to be believed um, and has been for a very long period of time. Very long period. Now, is that where the lizard people are supposed to be from too, or is that just under Denver Airport? Uh I there are theories that Hollow Earth are where the lizard people come from, but I think the lizard people theory is that they do live in a tunnel system beneath the Earth's surface, not as <laughs> deep as I think the deepest that we've dug is seven miles, if I'm not mistaken. That's pretty fucking deep. But I mean, how many miles does it take to get remember New York kidders your parents but are you digging a hole to China? It's a long way. That's a really long way. Yeah. I used to imagine that I actually would. I'd still be digging. Yeah. Literally. It's <laughs> it's uh it's very intriguing. It's very interesting. And again, I, I, I was gonna do this story anyway, but as I was looking through it and typing it all out and pulling some pieces and stuff out, I was like, holy shit. I never put thought into a fourth option about like yes these crafts could be from another from space they could be from another country they could be from our own but I never thought of the fourth option of could they be from beneath the earth's surface. So, <laughs> here we are. Huh. Yep. Interesting. I, I I like that they love peace. I like even more that they hate Nazis and I bet they just want to love people. But they can't, so they're hiding from them, just like our friend Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. The timing is very coincidental. I, I feel like this is the closest. Some things that have happened over the past few years are, uh, I feel like, the worst as a society as far as violence and war goes that we've been since. Uh, aside from the early 2000s, uh, I would say since the time of World War II. So. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. Food for thought. Yep. I now I definitely won't sleep tonight. Great. You're welcome. <laughs> I better get some bones coffee. So you guys listen to these commercials and I'll be back with my story. Are you a coffee addict like me? Well check out Bones Coffee Company. Coffee isn't just a drink that wakes you up in the morning. It's an experience. When you brew a pot of Bones Coffee Company coffee. They want you to have the best experience you've ever had. They only roast carefully selected beans to perfection in small batches to ensure that you get the freshest coffee delivered straight to your door. The care given to each of those small batches is evidenced through the rich, full-bodied, and exceptionally smooth taste you'll get out of every cup of Bones Coffee Company you drink. You guys, this is amazing. First and foremost, I love coffee. I love wine and I love bourbon, but I love coffee. So check it out and help out the podcast. Go to tinyurl.com slash bonescoffee. Get your coffee fix, 
and help out your favorite podcast. We appreciate you. Extra, extra, read all about it. Okay, so that was lame. But we have a new merch store, my friends. Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Guys, we've got everything there. We're still adding more. The prices are much more cost effective there. And this store is so easy to navigate. What are you waiting for? Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Get your merch on. Not every haunting is driven by evil. It happens even in the most mundane of places. Down the block, around the corner, and sometimes in our own homes. Paranormal Crossroad is here to bridge the gap between the living and the dead. Are you living through a haunting at home or at work? Do you need answers? Contact the all-female paranormal research team today. Go to pxroad.com to get the answers you seek. Need more scares in your life? Well, duh, we've got you. Just head over to tinyurl.com slash get shutter and you'll automatically get seven days free of this all horror, all the time streaming network. From their endless selection of the best in horror, the original programming and exclusive content to their flexible membership plans. Shutter is exactly what you need. Plans start at under five bucks a month, and yes, you can cancel at any time. I mean, what are you waiting for? Tinyurl.com slash get shutter. Tinyurl.com slash get shutter. G-E-T-S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Let's get scared. Your segues are on fuego. (laughs) The chewy, the fucking bones coffee. You know, I was editing today, adding commercials. So Um, so I I gave my story a headline or title or whatever you want to call it. Because I think it's fucking hilarious. Are you ready? (laughs) Ready. Born ready. Wood, a couple wieners, and an ass rack is what I'm calling this one. What? (laughs) (laughs) You'll understand in just a second. So four men, Jack Wiener, Jim Wiener, Chuck Rack, and Charlie Fultz say they experienced a terrifying encounter with aliens while camping in the Maine wilderness. It had taken the men years to go public. Each has been polygraphed and hypnotized, and their stories hold up. And those stories go a little something like this. For years, Jack Weiner was disturbed by reoccurring nightmares. He told no one about them except for his wife, Mary Weiner. I was starting to have nightmares, really terrible nightmares that I could not explain. I found myself in a very brightly lit room. I had no idea where I was or why I was there. To my left, I could see my brother, Jim Wiener, Chuck Rack, and Charlie Foltz sitting on some type of bench, and they were all naked. I was wondering why they weren't helping me because I felt like I was in danger. And while I'm trying to figure this out, I noticed this figure. 
or a dark, shadowy type figure emerging from this light, this bright light in front of me. I'd wake up sweating and breathing heavily and just in a state of terror and shock. And that was, quote, from Mr. Weiner. In 1988, Jack's twin brother, Jim, confessed that he too was haunted by the exact same nightmares. Um, Jim says there were always certain elements of the dream that were the same. Some type of creature, being helpless, being violated was a feeling I often woke up with. In every dream, the twins were with Charlie Fultz and Chuck Rack, two friends they had met in school. They wondered if these nightmares could be connected to a camping trip 12 years earlier in Maine. On August 20th, the men were fishing in a boat when the bright object appeared in the sky. Chuck was the first to notice the object. Charlie tried to signal SOS to the object. Then suddenly, the object shot out a bright light, which began following the men along the water. The men began to paddle back to shore, but the next thing they remembered was being on shore, and the bright light was just gone. The men thought it was strange that the fire they had set minutes before they went fishing had completely burned out, suggesting that they had been gone for several hours. The men felt very fatigued and then just went to bed like, oh, you know, we lost some time, guys. I'm exhausted. Good night. Us wieners ain't afraid of nothing. That's right. Okay. Um, the four men spent six more days in the wilderness, but never again saw the bright object. The men told their families and friends about the strange sightings, but nobody believed them. Until, in 1988, Jack and Jim began having their nightmares. So Jim decided to contact UFO researcher Ray Fowler in order to help with the strange nightmares. Fowler suggested the... Allagash 4, which they become known as later, Allagash, Maine is where they were at, undergo hypnosis with a trained hypnotherapist to recover details of the sighting. During a regressive hypnosis session, both the Wieners and Foltz claim to recall small gray aliens taking them aboard a spacecraft. They said the aliens then performed what they perceived to be medical examinations on the men. It was not until after the hypnosis sessions that the men had discovered that each of them had recalled the exact same horrifying events. They each took polygraph tests and passed. What are your thoughts on polygraph tests, Nick? Uh, I mean, I am a believer that uh, there is a way around them. I think that they're not a hundred percent accurate. So I do yeah, I'm yeah. on the fence. Yeah. Okay, so for skeptics, as we know, stories of alien abduction do not stand up to scrutiny. Some suggest including a clinical, some suggest including a clinical psychologist, Dr. William Cohn, that images from popular culture or horror movies may have triggered inspiration for the memories of the alien abduction. He said, this movement is media-driven it's silical. I think that means like it's there's cycles to it. I'm not sure. I probably should have 
Webster's.com. That people hear about good cases on TV, they think they may have the same thing happen. It sort of feeds upon itself. Chuck now says that his hypnosis experience led to no such recall on his part. Although he previously claimed publicly that it did. Um, Fowler wrote a book about the case in 1993, The Allagash Abductions. A storm of media attention followed, including appearances by the Allagash Four, as they became known as the public dubbed Rack, which is also Chuck, um, as uh, also dubbed Rack, Fultz, and the Wiener Brothers on the Joan Rivers show and even an episode of Unsolved Mysteries that I have not seen yet, but I can't wait to. Um, Chuck said, we were compelled to stay together, all speculating that this thing could go into the millions of dollars for each of us, Chuck said. (laughs) We made very little. Chuck also said he and the others eventually had a falling out, after which he began telling people that the abductions never took place. Chuck challenges what may believe what many believers of the Allagash abductions consider a key element of the case, the lost time that the men allegedly experienced. Uh, Chuck or Mr. Rack or um, now dismisses the suggestion as complete shit. It certainly was a big fire. I agree with that. He said those logs were maybe three inches. Some of them could have been almost three and a half inches. Oh, Chuck, that's the biggest they could have been. And most of them were smaller. Does not sound like he's talking to logs, especially with a couple boys named Wiener. And such in that condition, those pieces of wood would have burned off very quickly. Charlie Foltz said when he was interviewed, some of the wood we put on there was about the diameter of my leg. I would say at least a good 10 inches in diameter. Easily. That's what she said. Charlie went on to say, Chuck Rack did not have a very detailed recall of the abduction under hypnosis. He is the type of person who needs to be in control. He was not happy not being able to have detailed recall of the abduction portion of the incident. Thus, several years after the investigation, he claims that no one was abducted. Jim Weiner relayed an incident which he claims took place shortly after the Joan Rivers interview, during which he says Asrak, which is what we're going to call Chuck, tried to convince the men of a new way to capitalize on the case. Charlie Foltz and I were visiting Jack and his wife Mary in their home in Vermont. Oh, that's not a Vermont accent. I think they just talk normal. One morning... Mr. Rack arrived at the house and declared he had a plan to make a million dollars on the Allagash case. His proposal was that all four of us refute the professional handling of the case by Raymond Fowler, Tony Costanito, and Mufon. For those of you that haven't listened to all of our episodes, that's the Mutual UFO Network, thereby creating controversy which was, in Mr. Asrak's mind, exactly what the media and the public crave and pay for, Mr. Jim Weiner said. In response to his proposal, Jack, Charlie, and I all voiced our disgust with his ethics 
and his proposal and announced our unanimous decision to have no further interaction with him regarding future Allagash projects. This is some alien drama, people, at its finest. Unfortunately, we later forgave his inebriated indiscretion and appeared together on a couple of TV projects and UFO conferences. But it was glaringly clear to Jack, Charlie, and I that Mr. Ass Racks behave. I've added the ass <laughs> in front of the racks in case you were wondering. That is not a quote. Uh, behavior was becoming increasingly pathological. Both Jack Weiner and Rafe Fowler said they completely agreed with Jim Weiner's statement regarding Chuck's behavior. Assrack did not dispute Weiner's description of the events following the alleged abductions and claims it freed him to finally share the truth about that evening in 1976. And I quote, when I was kicked out of the group, I felt a release. I was at liberty to tell the truth, he said. I don't have any sterling character to preserve. He's shitty. Fultz and the Wiener brothers stand by the abduction story. Jack, Charlie, and I, after all these years, are still in agreement with the Eagle Lake event as we three remember it. We also accept the results of the hypnotic regression sessions and subsequent polygraph tests as supportive of an abduction scenario. Jim Wiener wrote. I'm almost to the end, kids, I promise. Foltz, which is Charlie, shared his reasoning for why those living on other planets might want to visit Earth and abduct humans. He says, because we are the apex or the top of the chain, as far as we think of intelligent life on our planet, we go out to the wilds of Africa and dart animals and study them, he said. We do it so we can learn more about them and how we impact their world and just what their purpose in our world is. And I would presume (laughs) extraterrestrial life forms have similar interests. Asrak said he does not dispute that alien abductions are possible. I mean, what the fuck, Chuck? My wingmen were unsolved.com, fiddleheadfocus.com, unsolvedmysteries.fandom.com and that sexy AF man with the silver pipes, Don Wildman of Mysteries at the museum. First of all, uh, we were really, Mercury might be in retrograde, but we are definitely in sync this week with the alien stories. I, I, it's such a weird, bizarre thing because on one hand, it's like, you know, that band who was super big in the 70s. And then they, after like 12 years, they decide to disband to, to have a family and shit. And then there's that one guy in like 95 who's like, whip out those guitars, boys. We're about to hit the road. They're like, listen here, Chuck. We we have kids. Or David Lee Roth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have kids. We we can't do this now. And he's like, fuck your kids, man. Grab that, grab that axe. Let's hit the road. And then again with the story, if I was, if it was still going, then all of a sudden that guy is like, nah, we were never in a band anyway. (laughs) Like what? Literally. (laughs) I'm sick of the lies, people. 
even though we sold out stadiums and were on the Joan Rivers show, there was no band. It was all an illusion. Are you fucking kidding me? How much sense does that make? Like, I'm trying to think of that. I was trying to think of that analogy as you're saying it. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's just like the guy who's like, oh, let's, you know, let's get let's reunite and make make a shit ton of money because people want all that like anniversary merch and like repressed vinyl and stuff. And then I'm like, wait a minute. He's saying that it never happened. He thinks that's going to make him more money. It's uh, that's just insanity to me. Well, and I love it that the original, well, the, the three that have stuck with the story over all these years. I, I don't feel like they were in it for the money. No. At all. I I think they enjoyed doing the talk show circuits and doing the conventions and things like that. But this guy's like, oh, I just got to find a way to make money off this shit. Yeah. It, uh, I don't know. What a, what a plot twist to like think you can make, you can be more financially sound if you're, if you say and claim that it's fake. Did he want to sue MUFON? I mean, come I, on. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you're you're not gonna get paid by them if you say it's fake. So like, wh- who? I feel like he just he wasn't a very smart guy, and he was just trying to go after any angle that he could go after. And I think he tried the Mufon thing for a minute, and he's like, "Well, they're not really gonna. I'm not really gonna make money." Uh, but then he's like, "Well, if I'm not gonna make money with that, I'm gonna say it was fake, and I'm gonna get on Oprah, and Oprah's gonna pay me a retainer of a hundred thousand dollars for me to tell everybody that hey, UFOs aren't real." Yeah, I don't think that's how the talk show circuit worked in the 90s. I think you had to have a story. They'd ask you to join them, fly you out to the show, and that was about it. That's ridiculous. We have a story, Nick. Oh, snap. Stella has saved us. So, Stella, Stella. you're amazing. The rest of you are not. Thank God you did it, because I was going to if you didn't. (laughs) The rest of you are not off the hook, though. Mr. Men and, and Mrs. Women and <laughs> anyone else who I did not cover in that stuff and things. So the story goes like, <coughs> choking on my own spit. <coughs> Hi, my name is Stella. I'm a longtime fan of Oddity Files and just wanted to share a few of many paranormal experiences that shook me to my core. I grew up in a rancher house in a very small rural town. For as long as I can remember, unexplainable things have happened there. And in my adult life, I've done research and learned that the previous owners before us passed away on the property. One elderly woman in the bathtub and one elderly man in the garage. But I've never been able to find their cause of deaths which is interesting. So many inexplicable things happened during my 18 years living there, but there's one phenomenon that sticks out to me the most because of how frequently it happened. I only fairly recently learned of a paranormal phenomenon called doppelgangers. My favorite! Which explains so much to me now. What it is, is that entities take on the form of living members of the household rather than apparitions of their true past selves. I have so many memories of going into my sister's bedroom and seeing her there when she wasn't. On one particular occasion, I vividly remember seeing her at her desk doing homework. I walked into the room and said hello to her. I glanced away for a moment, and the second that I looked back, she was gone. There was no trace, like she was never there in the first place. 
I discovered later that day that she was at cheerleading practice the moment I, quote, saw, unquote, her and was not in the house at all. There was another time I saw and passed her in the hallway, and then she just vanished, only to learn once again that she was not at home during this time. On another occasion, I thought my mother was home. I was about 16 at the time. I was searching for her because I needed her help with something. I looked everywhere in the house except for her bedroom. Then I went outside in the backyard and I could and I could see who was unmistakably her through her bedroom window, staring mindlessly at the TV, sitting on the edge of her bed. I ran back inside, opened her bedroom door, exclaiming, why didn't you answer me? I've been looking for you everywhere. And as I pushed the door open, I saw that the room was completely vacant. In the time it took me to go inside and check, it was not enough time for her to left the room. It shook me so much. I called her on her cell phone multiple times. She finally picked up and explained that she was at the grocery store and had been out all day. She was not there when I saw her. The timeline is impossible. The most chilling story I have about this doppelganger phenomenon is that I have always had a habit of pacing around when I'm on the phone with somebody. I do that too. I can't just sit. I can't stand. I'm just pacing back and forth. I work up a sweat sometimes. (laughs) One day I was outside in the backyard by myself pacing back and forth as I talked on the phone with a friend. And when I went back inside, both my mom and stepdad commented on how strange it was that they looked out the window and my sister was right behind me, pacing with me with a hood over her head. Nope. I told them that I was out there by myself and my sister Keely could not have been out there because she was out with her friends. My mom said it must have been someone else then because we both saw someone who looked exactly like your sister following behind you and mimicking your every move. I did a story about that with the where the ghost would mimic everything. She, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, the doppelganger. Oh, shit. That's scary. She said that she asked if I was sure I was completely alone. I was sure I didn't have any friends over. My stepdad corroborated that he also saw someone following close behind me as I paced. I told them no, and I was definitely completely alone and did not hear or see anyone behind me. These stories haunt me to this day, and I would love to hear if anyone else has had similar doppelganger experiences. Thank you so much for your time, Stella. I wish I knew which episode that was because she totally needs to listen to that story. Yeah, I'll have to also what to look and and like DM her or say next episode which one it was. Yeah, because I mean it was it. Practically the same story. The doppelganger would be doing mundane things yeah. like doing homework or staring at the TV and stuff like that, and then pacing right behind her. So much so that they thought this this woman had a twin sister. So Stella, you saved the day, Stella. <laughs> we appreciate you guys so much. Yes. You're so amazing. We love doing this. We love your stories. Uh, and I mean, I'm not going to lie. I do love hanging out with Nick on the weekly. So thanks for listening, guys. You're amazing. Big shout out to our executive producers, Doug Maldenlock, Donald Blanchflower, Ryan Hoke. Don't forget to check out that Kickstarter, guys, at PXRoad.com. I really appreciate it. Um, tell your friends. Share it everywhere. 
I, I am going to beg until this thing is over. I'm not going to lie. On that note, I'm Kitsy Duncan. Where does the new cool? And I'm Nick Floyd. Ghost on. Yes. Oddity Files is part of the Just What I Needed Network. We hope we're just what you needed. The podcast is brought to you by the Oddity Files TV show. Have you heard of it? Have you watched it? Head on over to Amazon Prime Video and check out Oddity Files, a three-season investigative paranormal show. Music provided by James Grice. Please support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash oddityfiles. Give a little, give a lot. It helps support the podcast. And we appreciate our producers, Donald Blanchflower, Doug Malden-Lock, and Ryan Hoke. We have a merch store. Can't get enough of Oddity Files? Wear us on your body. tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Please support our partners. Every little bit helps. Rate, review, and subscribe, especially on Apple Podcasts. It's what helps us get the word out there. And you know, we can always use a new weirdo or two. Come hang out with us on our Facebook fan group. Just search Oddity Files fan group. All kinds of fun stuff. You can win things. You can read memes. You can buy cool shit. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you more than you'll ever know. Okay. Go. I'm done. What are you still doing here? Just get out of here. God, I love Ferris Bueller.